folks and welcome to episode 80 of the boring lives of interesting people podcast i am daniel and i am katie lady lama's case with km Mesmero, the 28th phd aka the new little kjd <laughs> it sounds awful i need to rework it it's fine <laughs> no i mean it's been a while since you did the KSSU thing you could like rework the entire thing if you want but i mean that's a good point hell i i like it if you get tired of saying it you could just drop it no, I kind of like the... Because people like always give me really weird looks when I actually drop that. They're like, whoa, what? <laughs> How often so, are you dropping that? Like, not that often, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, I was a DJ at a radio station, and then conveniently leave out the fact that I didn't actually DJ any music, and then just give them my DJ name. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'd be like, I was a DJ. My name was O of Cord. My last name's Cordova. Get it? <laughs> They'd be like, no. <laughs> Did you ever listen to the, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but there was an episode of Douglas Movies where I was picked for one of the games, like to say a name, and he calls you out by your Twitter name, and he got to, he was so confused by Ovacord. It was really <laughs> weird. He's like, oh, it's your name, but backwards. And I was like, no, but if, if it'll stop this, sure. <laughs> He just like Ovacord, Ovacord. What, what the hell is that? I'm like, my last name's Cordova. He's like, oh, okay. And I was like, it's just a name. Sorry, I guess. I feel like we did listen to that episode. Yeah, I don't know. I picked The Rock as uh, our last man Stanton name. It went well. Huh. That's good. He's doing a show in Sacramento for, uh, well, on Halloween, and we're going to go. And that'll be fun and weird because we're going to dress up in costumes. That'll be exciting. I hope he calls you out. Be, I, I believe it's everyone will, but if no one else does, we'll be dressed uh, in a fun way. And I think we got it today. Might be Wayne and Garth again from Wayne's World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be a good time. So it's been a minute since we have recorded. Uh, I think you said you don't have too much. I frankly don't either. So if we run out of steam, <laughs> if we run out of steam, I have a backup plan. We'll see what happens when we if we uh, get to that point. But, All right, uh, sounds good. but what have you been up to? Uh, uh, okay, so what day was that? Yesterday? No, it was Friday. Friday, I went to go see It, Chapter 2. Mm. <laughs> how so, was, how, did you see one? I'm assuming you did, because why would you? I did not. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, but like half the movie was flashbacks to the first movie, and I asked the girl that I went, because she wanted to go, and nobody else wanted to go. So I was like, okay, look, I, I hate horror movies. I think they're really stupid, but like, you're my friend. We haven't hung out in forever, so I will take you. So um, I asked her after the film, and she said that they pretty much just ripped scenes straight from the first movie. So it wasn't like there was any new information with the old actors. Cause the, so basically the first one was their kids, and this one, they're their adult selves still interacting with the clown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, so did I even miss anything? And she was like, no, not really. You pretty much got everything you needed to from the oh, first movie. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it was awful. Um, but I don't know if that's just because I don't like horror. I think it probably has a lot to do with it. 
Uh, it was, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but it is like a supernatural kind of thing. He comes from another world and like he just, he preys on people's fears to, I guess, elevate their heart pressure and then eats them. I don't know. It's what is, weird. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I I knew the part about the clown preys on your fears. What's this about your heart? Like your blood he pressure like, or your heart rate? I don't, I don't fucking know. Like he, like why? I'm trying to understand why he would try and make people afraid instead of just eat them. But like, I think maybe he just likes doing that because he also preyed upon this child by saying like, "We can be friends." Just like come here and then he just like randomly ate her so like i i don't really know there's not really a lot of consistency there there's not really a lot that makes sense um but i he like ate a person's heart just hmm. randomly i don't know if it was just for gore's sake or what i think that's something i really don't like about horror is a lot of it doesn't make any sense and like it just it's just there to be gross and creepy um <laughs> And that's not entertaining to me, so... Um, I didn't realize that he ate people. I thought he was just, like, a murder clown who just, like, killed people for fun? Oh, yeah. So he consumes people, and he... Apparently, like, the people in the town that he's in don't actually die. So there were just kind of, like, some weird zombies hanging around, and, like... I don't fucking know. <laughs> this sounds exhausting. It, it was the longest movie I've ever seen, it wasn't i don't think but it felt like it and like i had to pee like 20 minutes into the movie <laughs> like i didn't want to leave because i didn't want her to think that i was just like i hate this so i just sat there the entire time like really uncomfortable and just like oh my god this is going on forever so the movie has james mccavoy in it and he has a horrible american accent or it's that they didn't want to do reshoots because he comes out of his accent like three or four times throughout the movie <laughs> And then, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's like a weird romance that kind of just like is stuffed in there for no reason, aside from the fact that there's this girl who has big boobs and she's pretty. Uh, I believe it's Christina Hendricks, but I'm not 100% on that. And uh, I'm just glancing at the cast right now. The... She's the only female in the film. So. Je Jessica Chastain is the pers okay. first person Jessica on Stas it. Yeah, that, that's the lady. she got big titties, and she's a redhead, and she's pretty. So, obviously, you had to have men fight over her, so that's what happened. And then, Wait, Bill yeah. Hader's in this? Yeah, Bill Hader was actually pretty great. He was probably, like, the only redeeming quality about the movie. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of really fucked up uh, real violence in it. Like, uh, the, the movie begins by showing these two gay guys at a county fair, and then they're... Uh, cornered and beat up by these kids and then killed um or at least one of them is he has asthma and they show the guy like kicking his um inhaler away and then like throwing him into an ice cold river so that's fun and that actually like that unnerved me a lot but then they also have all this like supernatural weird shit and i was just like i don't know man like <laughs> you gotta stick to one thing like <laughs> I don't know. It was awful, and um, it's probably not an experience that I would ever repeat. Now, what is so. it that you don't like about scary movies? Is it just like you are, you find it... Are you hard to scare, or are you just like... Are you easy to scare? I'm easy to scare. That's why I don't like scary movies. Um, I... I have a 
big problem suspending disbelief. And so if there's like plot holes or if there's if something is advertising itself as something that it's not, I get pulled out of it. So because I guess because I, I'm not super easily scared, um, I don't really like scary movies for that reason. Um, but like real violence and real threats and real things that are happening being portrayed on screen scares and skeeves the fuck out of me. So like, I don't know. There was that. It horrified me for the first five minutes and I didn't want to actually stay in the theater. But uh, I would say, yes, I think that's the reason I don't like scary movies is because I, I think that they they pretend to be scary by being weird. Mm hmm. And I just, I laughed throughout most of the movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the way my dad was, uh, he used to like to go to scary movies for the comedy parts of it, like either cheesy parts, mm. or he would always drag my mom to see, like, Freddy Krueger movies, so he oh, had, God. he had, like, shitty one-liners, but then there's, like, jump scares and, you know, people being stabbed a bunch, and he, right. he was there for the one-liners, I guess. <laughs> honestly that's fair because yeah they do they juxtapose them so that you're more scared in the scary parts because you're like made to feel okay with all the laughy bits yeah i don't know uh i i understand but i also don't understand because <laughs> there's plenty of other things to go do that with right but, um yeah what have you been up to uh i finally saw a film and i was super late to the party i think you even talked about it last time we recorded and that was once upon a time in hollywood okay yeah uh, how'd you feel eh <laughs> that's it <laughs> we left and i was like that was three hours of tarantino bullshit um Oops. and then it like the ending was like interesting i guess but also confusing in a way like spoilers for once upon a time you saw it of course you saw it you talked about it um yeah. so spoilers for once upon a time in hollywood hit that fast forward button like i don't know a minute um the end of the movie, he catches them outside of his neighbor's house, yells at them, they leave. Then they come back, and they go to his house on accident? No, on purpose. Okay. They want to kill him. So the whole point, I mean, obviously they want to kill him, but um, the whole point was they're pissed that that a movie star would talk to them like that. So they, well, specifically this girl, the girl in the back seat, Katie, I think her name actually was, yeah. she said... No, I want, wouldn't it be so cool if we killed these people who are um, glorified for killing people on television? And so they were like, oh, yeah, that's like so fucking hardcore. And so they go into the house of the guy that they saw instead of their target um, because they all recognize him as a movie star. Okay, because I thought they were just like, I thought they were still talking about something Shannon Tate, Sharon Tate, or whoever, you know, the actual person that got killed. Right. Uh, yeah, Margot so Robbie. they... Margot Robbie. Um, that's what they originally had come there to do. I think it was they last minute decided to go back and do it, but then the girl in the back seat was like, wait a minute, before we do this one, we should do the other one. Because wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And then hilarity ensued or something. <laughs> I guess it's hilarity. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. It was, um, it, it was interesting. I've never seen a fight like it where a man mostly beats somebody with a can of dog food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was a new thing. But, like, getting to that last scene was just a chore. I kept thinking more was going to happen, and then it just didn't. 
I actually enjoyed everything up until that scene, um, but I think that's just a product of me getting older and not liking gratuitous violence for the sake of gratuitous violence. Like, it wasn't even that it was violence that I was interested in. It was just, like... And I, I kind of have this problem with, like, some of his other films where it feels like there are scenes where it's supposed to be character development, but I don't really feel like anything develops. And then it's just, like, conversation that's just not interesting like when the whole scene when he's talking to the little girl on the set I, mm. I was just like why is this happening and then later they have a scene together and they're friends but i was just like i didn't buy the the little girl in the 60s talking like that and just i don't know so okay i think a lot of it is just inside baseball i mean i don't i i don't I'm not saying I know all this shit, but it's plausible to me from my minor dealings in like knowing those like theater people that, yeah, there are fucking weird ass little girls who think like that and talk like that and act like that. And they're like up on their high horse, but um, they still are generally sympathetic to people. Um, I don't know. It was believable to me, but maybe that's just because I don't actually know what goes on on sets and what child actors are like or whatever. So I, like, I understand what you're saying. It's, it comes out of left field and you're not really sure why you should be invested in this character, considering the fact that he's a complete fucking asshole and like the things that he's saying are probably just him feeling sorry for himself. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I might have liked it more because I was trying to hang on everything that was going on because I wasn't really sure what the movie was even about. I I, I saw Charles Manson and I was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be a mur- murder thing. And then, like, everything was just building up tension, like, the entire fucking movie, um, which I really appreciated. But I will give I don't it know. I... I Right. I, I, I don't know how much of that was just me anticipating when it was going to happen or like what what events were going to unfold regarding him or if it was just like a one off. Here's Charles Manson. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I was just paying hyper attention to everything for clues and tells on what was going to happen. So I don't maybe that made me care more about the film than I probably should have. I, I totally agree that it was, like, tension building throughout the film, but then, like, the payoff of the tension didn't feel like it was what I... Like, the whole premise of the movie, of, of course, is, like, altering history and what should could have happened or should have happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing in Inglorious Bastards, so... But this one, I, I honestly expected with who Tarantino is and how his movies typically end, that it was going to just be a raid on the like the hippie camp and then that's they were going to take out his entire crew <laughs> and that was just going to be the big shootout ending so to have it just be like a a one-on-three fight or i guess you know the flamethrower but uh a two-on-three fight at the end seemed anticlimactic for my own expectations for what the movie could have been that's fair i don't know i i feel like you can just explain that away with the fact that he's a sadistic maybe murderer uh who uh, he probably did murder but um 
who is frustrated that the fact that he won't ever get to do stunt work again because he can't stop himself from being an asshole. And so he takes the opportunity and his acid trip to beat the shit out of people. So, like, I I agree that it's not very Tarantino-like not to have a big finale, but at the same time, I think... I think he's being true to himself in the sense that he knows that that's an expectation people have of him and he's trying to subvert it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, and that's the only like new movie I've seen. I finally saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that was, Oh uh, my God. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> like I knew a lot of the weirdness going into it, include like the, the alien bullshit and the, mm-hmm. the refrigerator, but I I don't know. I guess I'd watch it again. It wasn't really that bad, but I think aliens are out of left field. Oh, 100%. Uh, the monkey thing is fucking stupid. Um, and, like, I did my normal, like, live tweeting, live Facebooking the entire thing that I like to do on whenever I'm watching a movie like that. Uh, <laughs> and I just, like, I had a lot of little complaints, but at the end I was like, I mean, that was fine. That was fun. <laughs> I yeah I mean when I saw it we saw it in theaters and I was very excited for it I was very upset that uh it was what's his face playing Indiana Jones son oh yeah um because that was a time when nobody liked him and I don't know it was just it was disappointing to say the least when the aliens came on screen so knowing it going into it I assume that it wasn't as bad. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was, because I already had the expectations this was going to be bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't know. It's not my favorite one. Honestly, the Indiana Jones franchise isn't my favorite thing. I think they're fun adventure movies, but I'm not super invested in them. I like the ride more than I like any of the movies. That's honestly fair. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, that's been my movie life. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, well, I saw Logan Lucky. I've heard good things about that. How was that? It's so good. Cool. Um, the I like a heist. Really good. I like a heist movie. Right? I didn't even know it was a heist movie, and so it was just like a really nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, it's it's got a really cute script. Um, it's it's hokey. It's definitely like feel good Hollywood kind of movie, but um, I think it's really good. And they. They deal with a couple of, like, random things, like, uh, so the brother, played by Adam Driver, he has his limb hacked off in, uh, in, uh, Afghanistan? I don't know. Okay. Uh, overseas. Uh, he's a military member, and they, like, discuss that he only went into the military because his brother was, like, gonna be, like, a big athlete and whatever, and then, like, it's just, like, a, a kind of a failed family it's it's really an interesting sort of character movie um i really enjoyed it i think you should watch it all right i think i should also i don't know why we didn't see it in theaters but i was down for it yeah same actually i just like went in and out of theaters before i could actually have a chance to see it but yeah okay that's my oh wait i did see another movie i just remembered what, what movie <laughs> uh it was another movie that was like ultimately kind of a shrug but i saw maleficent Oh, God. Because there's another one that's coming out, and I was curious how the hell that's going to work. And I'm still wondering how the hell that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first one was 
mediocre at best. Yeah. Uh, we saw it in theaters, and it was... I like the concept. Uh, execution wasn't that bad either, but it was just kind of like a movie that was there. It was just telling a story without any impact. Um, I don't know. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that happened. I, Are you going to see the second one? I think so. My my beef with the first one, though, is that I didn't like how it tried to, like, redeem her too hard. Well, right. <laughs> Like, she was mad for having her wings hacked off and then had a change of heart because she saw a baby. And I'm like, man, can't you just still be mad? <laughs> I mean, even so, though, that's like... That has some weird... Um, sexist implications, yeah, right? it does. <laughs> then there's that. Yeah. So, mm. I, the second one, I don't expect good things, but... yeah. Although it made me realize, uh, Katie Bear and I were discussing it when we saw the trailer. We have collectively seen maybe four Angelina Jolie movies, and now it's up to five. Crazy. Uh, what, what ones? I don't. I don't even know what movies I've seen of her. Uh, I have seen the first Tomb Raider. Okay. Uh, I have now seen Maleficent, and shit. Now I'm gonna go quickly try and find her IMDb because I don't remember the other ones. I think the only movie I've actually seen her in is Maleficent. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Uh, when I was a horny teen, I watched the movie Original Sin really late on HBO one time. Because <laughs> there's a lot of boobs in it. And, right. Uh, that might have been all on my list, and I don't recall the other ones on hers. But So I've, oh. I've seen three. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't think she's really been in anything that I've been interested in, so... I hear good things about Girl Interrupted. Haven't seen it. Uh, she's something in a Kung Fu Panda. Haven't seen those. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's in all the Kung Fu Pandas as Tigress. I love when actors become, like, parents, and they just do all these, like, kid movies. Like, um... Oh, who the fuck was that? Uh, Ewan McGregor. For a while... <laughs> He was just doing kids' movies, and now he's finally going to be in uh, The Shining. He's going to be the adult in The Shining. Oh. The kid who... Yeah, okay. it looks really bad, actually. But I didn't know they were doing another Shining thing. It's a sequel, actually, and it looks awful. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Glance at my list. So I, I have been like watching other TV stuff. Uh, I think since we last recorded, I've become obsessed, like a lot of dorks, with the Great British Bake Off. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I love it. Like it's I just... mean, considering reality TV, it's pretty great. Yeah, I, I, like the <laughs> I like the pacing of it compared to, like, uh, uh, well, also tra well, Trash TV, the complete Trash TV. I've talked about it before. The Masked Singer is coming back, and that is going to be just super dumb american <laughs> garbage but so it's it's nice that it's just like polite british people who are baking right. goods and they get in each other's ways and they apologize and like right. they I help they help each other that blew my mind <laughs> yeah like we were watching chopped one time and someone actually fucked somebody over and it was like ooh, the end and then uh <laughs> like this one like one of the hosts like leaned on a cake and had to turn to paul hollywood and be like i leaned on the cake and they're like ah okay Oh my god. Yeah, so they're just like What season is that? Uh it is on Netflix. It was collection I think 2, which is I don't know what season it is cuz we 
just finished Collection 4, which turns out to be Season 3, but that's still the one with the original four people, and we're about to go into Collection 5, which is the first one Netflix has that has not the regular hosts or Mary Berry. Oh, okay. So I think it's about to be a shift and kind of get weird, but I'm still on board for wholesome cake baking. Sure, yeah. And we usually couple mm-hmm. that with, by wa- by watching it after an episode of Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> which is we're in season three of, and I'm not loving this season, but I, it's. Do you like the story overall? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting story, an interesting um, like world, but like, it's just, the, and the things that happen are generally like, they're gut wrenching or horrifying, and but like. It's, again, I guess, a tension-building thing that I'm just not on board for. Mm, that's fair. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I haven't checked it out at all, but I've heard really good things about it. Season one is really good, and then from there, it it diverts from the book, because it's a couple books now. They just... Uh, she, Atwood just put out a sequel, which is set 15 years in the future of the first book, but the show is set immediately after the first book, so worlds aren't colliding. It's a It's an interesting move to go with. Hmm. So uh, I'm, right. now, I'm now probably going to read the books because it's diff whole. It's more story. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else have you been doing? Um, I've been streaming. Oh yeah, How's and that... that's what you play. Literally it. Uh, let's see. So, so the, for the first couple days, I played Fallout Three just through the main storyline because I'd never done that before, and it was not good. And then, because <laughs> you, like, die at the end of it, but then for some reason in some DLC you come back to life. Um, and then I played, I started playing Knights of the Old Republic again, um, because I was very excited about Star Wars and I wouldn't shut up about it while I was playing Fallout. <laughs> and then I got bored of that, and now I'm playing Dreamfall Chapters. It's like a, kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of thing, and it follows these two characters, Zoe and um, oh god, I don't remember his name. Kian? Kian, I think? Um, Couldn't tell you. You could lie to me. I have to believe you. <laughs> so, one of, Zoe is set in a futuristic sort of place where they there's this evil corporation and they're keeping people um, like doped up on dreams. So they have like these weird like mask things that you put on and like you just sit down and you enjoy this dream adventure. Um, and she was stuck in a coma for a little while and she was helping people who had been brought to this other land like where all the dreams take place and like helping people get out of the bad dreams that um, they had, you know, fraudulently per purchased or whatever were like backfiring or what the fuck ever i don't know it's really weird and then she got brought out of her coma brought out of her coma and now she's like running around trying to figure out what actually happened to her um and it it kind of seems like her father or her mother put her in a coma in order to like stop her from doing something and there's like this whole political thing going on that just like it literally mirrors what's happening right now and I think this game was made before the Trump administration and it's really fucking creepy and um 
so um, Kian's storyline is he's like set in medieval times and there's the same sort of thing going on there without all the dreams. And he's like, he's part of this rebellion and there's these two people who are trying to overthrow their government and they're like in love and like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, I think I would probably recommend the game, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> played, again? Like dream dream. Dreamfall chapters. So it's a series, but um, I haven't played any of the other ones. I think this is like the most recent one. And it came out quite a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's literally all I've been doing with my time, <laughs> aside from working. Uh, my current gaming is a mobile game called Cats Are Cute. Oh my god. Do you know Cats Are Cute? No, but you, so... you, had, you say cats, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's barely a game. It is a free-to-download thing, um, and you are, like, I don't know, some weird point-and-click god person in this world, and you collect buildings, and every building has a cat that lives there. And then there's only, like, three things you do for, like, maybe five things you do total and three things you do for the cats. The things you do total is every hour there's a, a little challenge called Meow, and a, a yellow button pops up, and you click, like, it, it brings up, like, a little pool of fish. And you touch, you tap the screen as many times as you can on those fish in, like, I think it's, like, 10 seconds. And then it gives you that many little points. That's one thing you do. Um, uh, also, you pretend to be a cat? No, you don't. Well, that point, I guess you kind of do. Yeah, it says meow time. It says tap to get heart and fish. I'm doing it right now just to have a live thing. <laughs> so you do this for that long. And I tap my phone 99 times in that time. Um, and That's a lot. Congrats. Thanks. Uh, and then like this cat, I tapped on it. It says meow. Don't I look pretty? Look at me. Look at me. And then this challenge is you tap your phone one more time. And then you don't do anything for seven seconds. You just look at the cat. And this cat, this cat happens to be fishing. So, okay, cool. I did that challenge. And then other challenges pop up that'll show a food dish and you tap the screen to fill the food dish. And another time you just tap like a speech bubble and the cat says something weird to you. Like sometimes it'll just be like, no. Um, and yeah, so you do all these dumb so-called challenges to gather points, to get more cats, to get more buildings, to then level up the cats. And it's barely a game, but it's super relaxing to do. And uh, that's what I've been doing on my phone in between uh, waiting for, well, actually, while I wait for the new Zelda reissue, reworking thing that's coming out on Friday. I don't, for the Switch? Yeah, it's, I don't even remember now, but it's uh, one of the older games. They just, like, made everything A Link round. to the Past? No, it's since Link to the Past, but before, maybe it's... Um, I could easily just look this up. <laughs> uh, but it's gonna be like a switch you know how they like to uh just kind of remaster games and re-release them right it's one of those it is okay. called link's awakening ah okay so it, it's a game it's a remake of a game boy original that came out in 1991 so it's before link i forget i don't know i think so so sounds it, like it. It's a remake of that, but it's way better graphics and whatnot. So that comes out on the 20th. I'm probably going to grab that. Then I'm going to play that until the next Luigi's Mansion comes out. 
And then I'm oh yeah, Halloween day, super stoked. Oh no, I'm gonna be at Douglas movies. Never mind, we're not going anymore. <laughs> we can still dress up, but I'm playing Luigi's Mansion at home. Oh, that's so cute. And then I like the idea. Of <laughs> <laughs> just dressed up, lights off, yeah. no kids coming to the apartment, no candy for you, and then just playing my game. Yeah. Uh, then after that, the next Pokemon thing is coming out. I don't Sword and Shield. Yeah. I've got nothing invested in any of the modern gen things. I just like playing those games and I can never remember any of the Pokemon names, but they're fun for me. And then Same. that'll hold me over until March when the next Animal Crossing comes out and then that'll be my life oh. forever. Yeah. So oh, that'll be so good. So Nintendo's going to have a lot of my money over the next six months, however long it's going to be. And they are happy about it. Yeah, I'm going to be happy about it too. <laughs> I, I miss being in debt to a raccoon. Right. There's some wholesome, calming stuff. Like that, British Bake Off in the background. Mm, that sounds bee's knees. Maybe a spot of tea? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> now we know how you relax. All right, good. I don't drink tea that much. Oh. I like the idea of it, but I just don't like most hot liquids. That's honestly fair. I kept trying to, like, force myself to make iced tea. Like, make it not buy it from Lipton or whatever mm -hmm. um, and I just I'm too lazy I think for that I am somebody who will make my old cold brew at home but that requires me to set up a press like 13 hours in advance and put it in my fridge so I just do that when exactly. I get so I'll just do that <laughs> at night uh, at some point and then in the morning it's great but at home like at night like if I want to drink I'm like I don't really want tea though so that's right. when it's like I'll have chocolate milk instead <laughs> <laughs> It's probably better for you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's got calcium. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a uh, that was all I had really. I well actually I saw some bands cuz of course I did. Sure. Uh, what did you see? I saw Iron Maiden last Monday. My dad oh, That's right. My dad and I uh saw them when I was probably 16 or 15 in high school and I haven't seen them since. So my dad and I went again. Mm -hmm. And it was super cool, except uh, they are absolute cheese balls, and that's the best part of their sets. Because <laughs> they come out there, and they're three guys, and they're like mid to late 60s who are swinging guitars around and just being goofs. And right. it's great. But then there's just like, you know, Eddie comes out, who's their mascot, and he it's like somebody on stilts in a costume, and they all like sword fight him. Uh, and then there's fire and lasers and stuff, and the background changes to match the song. And there's a song that they play called Fear of the Dark, which is one of their best songs. But for some reason, Bruce Dickinson, the singer on this tour, has gotten in a habit of changing his outfit a little bit on every song. Whether he has like <laughs> a prop, whether it's like a prop or puts on a cloak or something. This isn't something I've, I've known him to do, really. But for some reason on this tour, he, during Fear of the Dark, he comes out and he is a thousand percent just dressed like Hatbox Ghost from the Haunted Mansion. And I couldn't not see it. It made it so much better for me. Weird. Uh, yeah, he's got like a top hat on. He's got like a cloak or like a kind of a trench coat thing. And he's holding a lantern that's shooting a light out over everybody. And the whole song is about being out outside at night and being afraid of something getting you. It's, it's a really funny metal song. But uh, they also have songs about, you know, the flight of Icarus or the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Or a lot of just mm -hmm. history nerd stuff. But this one song is just about being afraid of the dark. Uh, and he just comes out as Hatbox Ghost and it's so good. <laughs> uh, Sounds very enjoyable. It was, it was a great show and they're just 
they're like some, one of the best live bands out there and it bums me out that they tour like every five years and release albums every like seven years because i wish they were out there doing it more yeah and then the well, f- they are old so i guess i gotta give them that but if they're doing albums every <laughs> five years next time they do a tour they're gonna be like in early 70s i don't know if it's gonna be as fun have faith i have i have faith in iron maiden that's the one thing (laughs) then two days later on the complete opposite end of my musical spectrum well not quite i guess whatever i saw uh ben folds and cake uh they were touring together and they and cakes from sacramento so they made a stop at the uh the arena over there and uh there was another opener who turned out to just be Ben Folds backing band. And then Ben Folds mm. came out and Ben Folds is amazing. And I didn't really know that. Uh, he has so much material and it's kind of hard to dig through, but I'm trying. And he totally like stole the show because he's an amazing pianist. And like, right. he's also fucking hilarious. And that's really <laughs> weird. Like at the end of the set, he like, he did the song where he got the crowd to like, do vocal like just kind of make noise that went along with the song when he said to but he got the crowd to do a three-part harmony and then at the end of the set he stood on his piano which made katie very 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 upset because it's like a grand piano he's standing on it and he got the crowd to keep doing that three-part harmony but then he started conducting the crowd to go higher and lower but remain harmonized and it fucking worked it was amazing that's awesome oh my god uh, and I listened to one of his live albums and he does it also, he like improvises a song called rock this bitch, which I guess is kind of a standard thing he does, but he's playing with an entire orchestra in Australia and he just starts calling out chords for the band for the orchestra to do. And they are doing them and he's improvising the song, which an orchestra improvising is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I and, bet. and then cake headline the night because they're from sacramento i don't know if they're like changing every night or if it was just like they're closing but sacramento guys so they got a huge response and like the arena they closed off a lot of it because i don't think they expected cake to sell very well and there was a there were some empty seats but it was still pretty full and cake is a band i've been putting off seeing because i want them to play like outside lands and play for like an hour and catch them at that because i thought they'd be kind of boring live and they kind of were they they played a lot of the songs i would have wanted to hear but they're just like kind of jammy like drive around rock and seeing them live isn't something i felt like i needed to do but i wanted to do mm-hmm. and they were just that they were they're cool they're fine uh they spent 15 minutes giving away a tree in the middle of their set though what the fuck? Uh, I guess it's just a thing they've been doing for a while now. And then they tell you to go on their website and register the tree. And then you can show your tree on a big map of all the trees all over the world they've given out. And okay, that's kind of cute, though. Yeah, <laughs> I checked that out. And it's they gave out a, uh, a Mandarin tree to somebody in the audience. And the only thing is they make you promise that you're going to take care of it, update photos, and that you have like a place where it can thrive. So they, right. then, they make, then they do like a mild trivia thing, which is what kind of tree is this and they called out some of the audience after like 10 people who knew what it was and then they grilled them about taking care of the tree and this is in the middle of their set this is a rock show uh so this guy left with a tree and then throughout the rest of the set they kept calling him out saying they didn't like should we take the tree back from that guy and the guy would raise the tree up in the middle of the audience that was kind of funny because then the rest of the night he was just like on the floor with a tree that's so awkward oh my god so I wish, like, I still want to see them if they play, like, a festival, but I don't think I'd go to another headline thing of theirs. But Ben, right. ben Folds, though. That guy's good. 
right. Yeah. It's good to know. Uh, so that's the end of my list. That is the end of my list. I don't even have anything to share with you because oh. I've just been like going to work and coming home and like being really tired. So I have learned literally nothing in the last month. <laughs> okay. So the thing I, I had, if we ran out of steam, uh, when I went to Austin to visit Alvaro, we uh, stopped by this bookstore and they have, well, they had this box of cards, which I've kind of been looking for for a while by one of my favorite authors whose name is Chuck Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman mm -hmm. is like a pop culture. Um, he like writes for a bunch of magazines and stuff like that. I think he wrote for Rolling Stone. He's like one of those talking heads on VH1 shows. And he writes these books of essays where it's kind of like he wrote an entire book about what if we were wrong about certain stances on things and hypothetical stuff like that. And I guess that stemmed from this thing he put out called Hypotheticals. There are 50, insane question, 50 questions for insane conversations. So I picked a card out of the box at random, and I'm going to read it off, and we will discuss, I guess. Okay, I like that. So this is called Earth versus the Moon. Uh, you, have, <laughs> you have won a prize. The prize has two options, and you can choose either, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. The second is 10 minutes on the moon. Which option do you select? Europe. <laughs> like, no discussion. Because going to the moon, there's nothing you can fucking do. I understand it's only ten minutes, but number one, they're not telling you what the trip is going to be. Like, um, who's going to take you there? Is it going to be a, a private entity? I feel like that kind of shit matters, considering, like, you're putting your life in somebody else's hands to be on a completely different, like object in space um and i feel like going up there and spending 10 minutes it's going to be like such a lonely experience although granted two thousand dollars a month isn't going to go that far if you're in europe i was gonna say that like they don't specify where you're staying they just say you have two thousand right. dollars figure it out i don't know if you can live like also it says it had a dollar sign. It wasn't euros. It was. I don't know if it's gonna be two thousand wherever you're staying, but like the American dollar, two thousand dollars, is not gonna get you very far if you're staying in Paris. I think had a, a rough exchange rate on us or uh, London. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you could I guess get a job there, but it sounds like you're just gonna like be living in Europe. I would go to the moon, cause I mean. Uh, granted all your points about like how you're getting there are valid like is it going to be Richard Bronson taking you up there and being a cheeky <laughs> British man or is it going to be like some like version of a space program in a place that is just kind of like taping stuff together and shooting shit into space uh, if I can guarantee I'm coming home well I guess you really can't guarantee you can't even guarantee you can't. You can't, well, you can't even like guarantee an airplane landing that's just always in the that's back of my true. head when I'm flying uh, I would Absolutely. Do, I would do the moon because the amount of people who have done that is like so small and just I feel like it would be an experience that you don't really know how you're going to react. Like, That's true. I would want to I'd want to see the earth from outside of the earth and it, it could be less than 10 minutes. I could get up there in a box. They, they like put maybe put me in a suit, maybe just open a window and they're like, hey, look, there it is. They're like, this isn't a picture. That's it. <laughs> and then they close the window. I'd be like, all right, it's pretty cool. Let's go home. <laughs> like, if it's 10 minutes to run around the moon in a spacesuit, oh, that's going to be so much fun. I'm all for that. 
see, I kind of feel that way, but like, I don't know. I think I, okay. I think most of this comes from my emotions right now are so completely just like all over the place. I a hundred percent get the feeling that if I were to see earth from the moon, I would just cry for 10 minutes straight. And then like, I just like never be the same again for no valid reason. Just like, Oh, I'm not on my planet anymore. So I'm just going <laughs> to cry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it would change you, but how I'm very curious about. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Like, I also see the perks of going to Europe just because I, I like when we were in Europe and I keep thinking like about traveling back there. Right. Same. Uh, I feel like if I went there and they're like, all right, you get to spend a year there. I don't think I'd come back. Like if I could, yeah. figure, if I could figure out a system, to make that $2,000 work when the $2,000 is over. That's eh, fine. Just leave me here. I got life going. Honestly, same. Yeah. So like 10 minutes versus a year. I feel like I feel like the amount of things that you could do to change your perspective on life in Europe is probably greater in a year than the 10 minutes from Mars or not Mars but the moon. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean I guess it kind of depends on who you are as a person and we obviously have no way of knowing but I don't know. I think Maybe it's just because it's more tangible to me. I pick Europe, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd do the moon. I mean, also after ten minutes or however long the space ride is home, I come back. I see my cats. Are my cats coming with me to Europe? Oh, that's a really fucking good point. You you make a good point, sir. It's like, am I going solo? I'm gonna not be around Katie Bear for a year. That's that, true. That bummed me out. Yeah. Plus, I know Katie Bear would be super jealous and gotta come back and hear about, oh, you went to Europe for a year without me. Yeah, I also went to the moon for 10 minutes without you. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm back now. I brought you this rock oh. I wasn't supposed to take. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I guess that does kind of change my perspective because, yeah, I wouldn't really want to fuck off alone, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of things left off the card, but I think that's the point. The point of 50 hyper- Hypothetical Questions by Chuck Klosterman. Hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. So, uh, you have, you said you didn't have anything to teach us? or Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's fine. Unless there's a question you want to ask and I can make something up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can you do if you see a cop turn without using a turn signal? Nothing. Cool. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was bored and I tweeted our our uh, local PD and I said, "Hey, why didn't your uh, officers use turn signals?" And that's the best I could do, I guess. Yeah, I would say that's probably like you can report it, but they're not going to do anything, obviously. Yeah, instead I'll call them out in a public forum. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I ha- I do have a recommendation, however. Um, yes. It, it is a brief one. I may have mentioned them in the past because they're a band I saw at Outside Lands maybe three, four years ago. Uh, they are called Muna. They are a trio of uh, women from San Francisco, I believe. And they make, like, kind of synthy pop music, but it's sort of just atypical. And mm-hmm. uh, part of what makes it atypical, I suppose, is, like, the subject matter, because they are also three women that are that are lesbians. Mm-hmm. But in their, in their songs, they try to... Uh, keep the subject matter like if it's about somebody they just keep it a like a 
a neutral pronoun. So oh, that okay. so that way you don't like really know who it's about or like it's not super specific. So it can be about anyone. But then also they have a song called I believe it's from their first album called I Know a Place where it's just like about a dance club. And there's so many songs about going to a club and dancing, but because of who they are, the song is about going to like a gay club and feeling safe. And, and it's, I love that. And that's from their first album. They just put out a new album called Saves the World that came out, I think, two weeks ago. And mm -hmm. we have a, a metal injection writer who will not stop like raving about the new Taylor Swift album. And I, yeah, I gave it the benefit of the doubt and I listened to it. And honestly, like it sounds like she ripped off Muna a lot, but Muna's doing a better, oh, no. but Muna's doing a better version of it. So I would say go Muna over Lover. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a weird jump to make, but I listened to one song. I'm like the song, there's a song called the man. I was like, this is literally, I know a place weird. That's not good. Eh, she got money. She pro Maybe they wrote a song for her. I don't know. Uh, St. Vincent's on the new Taylor Swift album, which is weird. That is weird. Yeah. Her producer guy, Jack Antonoff, uh, I guess did a bunch of songs on this album and the last one. So made a oh, call okay. and she plays guitar, I think. Anyway. Mm. So Mooner, not T-Swift. Uh, so I, I guess that'll do this, epi <laughs> this episode. Episode 80. We've done 80 of these. That's, I mean, if, it would be a lot. If it was, if it hasn't been six years, yeah, I was actually right. <laughs> double checking the number. Uh, I pulled up our iTunes or Apple Podcast, whatever the fuck it's called now, and it had 2013 to 2019 on the top corner. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> so, 80 over six years isn't super impressive, but hey, it's I haven't done most things. It's something. Yeah, take yeah. take that <laughs> podcast to stop before 80 or something. But if you would like to uh, email or talk to us in any form, you may do so by going to facebook.com slash blipcast. We're on Twitter at blipcast, blipcast at gmail.com. Uh, Ovacord and Lady Lamb. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> uh, he's at Ovacord and I'm at Lady Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it ends. Bye. Bye. Catbox Production.